Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, oh. AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup that we complete. With a buddy quiz, of course, on wrestling culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight and a show I sense that they are just going to probably spin their wheels on because next week's the Royal Rumble go home show. Yes. Happy January the 7th to you, Wilborn. I'm, I'm only joking. We wouldn't just put out the same podcast <laughs> in the feed. It is, of course, January the 14th today, isn't it? <laughs> Groundhog Day on this alleged best wrestling show. I love this job. Um, as much, sometimes more than uh, my own family. <laughs> and I would never, ever complain about fun- what is fundamentally a privilege as much as it is a line of employment. It is becoming a bit of a piss take from WWE uh, that they preview and promote so little of a show that is clearly like more booked on the fly, even than Monday Night Raw at this point, torn up hours before. Billion dollars get paid for this show. A billion goddamn dollars. And I... I'm not complaining about having nothing from WWE other than recycled guff from the prior week. I am complaining on behalf of our podcast listeners who we've learned this week like to listen to it on very long drives, mm-hmm. like to listen to it on workouts, during the cardio, during gaming sessions, during breaks from reporting on <laughs> the stories from the highest office in world politics. Yeah. We've got listeners everywhere, and I could not be more grateful for that. And it is on their behalf that I am annoyed that week on week on week, me and you come into a studio and basically have to clown for half an hour (laughs) because WWE will not service us with the content that they're being paid a billion dollars, billions and billions and billions of dollars to produce. It's fucking disgusting. It is unbelievable as well because you need to remember that they had even less time this year because day one, normally they have between TLC and the Rumble, so that's at least a month. Yeah. They had less than a month because they had day one to kick off this year. So they only probably had, what, 
uh, three, four episodes of, of Raw and SmackDown each. And yet, Raw this week was just sort of there, and they went, yeah, well, we'll have the weigh-in next week. We'll try next <laughs> week, and SmackDown obviously will have, I have no doubt, a sensational go-home show with you know, all the people in the Rumble and, you know, people like Lita again doing yeah. great stuff on the show. And, yeah, the 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 Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins thing's really going to be heating up by then. But this week, it does feel like, I mean, they've advertised one thing, two things, technically one match and one thing, which, which is a bit like what they did last week. You know when the criticism is used, um, a copy of a copy of a copy? where they're just the quality declines each time. We're on at this point a fallout with a fallout with a fallout, aren't we? <laughs> They've been doing day one fallout content on SmackDown since the 1st of January, and there is no end in sight until that go-home show. Uh, so let's talk about the, the the headline story for SmackDown, and that is, of course, uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble. Last week, Seth Rollins outsmarted or just got out of the ring from the bloodline, I suppose, one senses they are going to target him relentlessly this week and maybe get their hands on him. Let's not beat around the bush. Last week's segment was piss poor. It was awful. Low energy, low effort, the worst of all things. Um, not only did they fail to capture the, well, the shield nostalgia they'd promoted, but the shield nostalgia that people felt, like the passion that people mm-hmm. feel for one of the very few acts in the 2010s to get over on a level comparable to WWE's other successful projects. Um, Not only did they fail to capture that, but they failed even really to hone in on the the gap that theoretically should have opened up between Roman Reigns, the head of the table, and this wacky suit-wearing rodeo clown Seth Rollins, and instead use the invisible wall to an egregious effect. Seth Rollins slides out the ring when the Usos attack, as you say, Points at his head and believes he's out. Points at his head, does a big laugh and believes he's outsmarted. Yeah. You know the tribal chief because ropes with cement walls in between them, not fresh air, <laughs> separate the bloodline from Seth Rollins. This is a man, Seth Rollins, who was in a trio with Roman Reigns, where they literally came from other points of the building to start their attack. And he's like, that one nil to the drip guard. (laughs) Like, the dialogue was lousy. The payoff was non-existent. The feeling as SmackDown went off the air was dead. Yeah. Like, what an awful way for the show to go off the air. It was, like, so so anticlimactic. For them to... It's one thing to book that segment and maybe put it in the opener in the middle of the show... For them to believe that was worthy of a main event angle makes you believe that something was torn up beforehand. That was a lot. I mean, it's a hell of a hook. I'll give him that. It is. I mean, it was piss poor, like you say, in terms of execution. But Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, face to face, you know, number one contender versus champion. I, I can't argue with that. That's main event. Stick around. That's happening later. Worthy. But have them do something rather than just trade slight crap barbs and then. I created you. Well, I'm. I did like God mode. I will say that I'm in God mode now. I just love everything Roman Reigns says. Basically, sorry to turn your own phrase against you, but a hell of a hook is hook. This was like promote. <laughs> this was like promoting hook and delivering Goldberg's son. Like it's just I. I, I couldn't. One day. I, I couldn't fathom how, as you say, like it probably does deserve to be promoted as the, as the main event of the show because people were excited for this. I couldn't fathom how what I assume was not the first idea what we saw was what was settled on as the last one. They probably binned several things, and probably scrapped stuff, and this was what was deemed... Was it Was it really the best? I was like, well, you've made us tear the original ideas into so many pieces, we can't put them back together, and maybe one of those was better, so we are stuck with this. I've just figured it out. Picture the scene, like you say, they're backstage mm-hmm. 10 minutes before the bloody show starts or whatever. <laughs> All 
400 writers are there with, and they're just surrounded by scrunched up bits of paper that have just been rejected or torn up or whatever. And they're like, what are we going to do? We've got the drip god and god in a wrestling ring together, but we kind of don't really want them to get physical yet. We've got a couple more weeks of that, and maybe that happens tonight, for example. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? And one of them's just like, you know what? I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. You know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you. I'm walking out, okay? And I'll leave you guys to think about it. Wait a second. What did you just do? I just, I stood up. And I said, I'm going I'm to leave and leave you guys to, to think about it. And I tapped my, tap my temple. Barry, write that down. <laughs> Barry. <laughs> Barry Beans. Barry Beans. Chief Ryer. I love him. Yeah. I mean, they have to target him and get their hands on him at least. Well, what I was going to say, sort of coupling this into something else. Barry the, Beans. The tapestry that I weave on this SmackDown yep. preview. What if this week... Shut up. I don't need your... Although they probably were trying everything. Wait a minute. Siri, how should I book the main event of this <laughs> show? You know, we used to have the Alexa problem, obviously. Now, when we, we were still working at home. Have you called your Apple Watch tapestry? <laughs> Is it like one of them sort of like you thought, I'm going to... Like a celebrity baby name. <laughs> and tapestry... <laughs> My dearest Tapestry, <laughs> that described for me. Keith, seriously. <laughs> so, look at this. What if Seth Rollins is isolated by the bloodline? Yeah. Roman doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Mm-hmm. He's saving his energy for, for the rumble. Um. So he just, he helps them, but he, the Usos have, have got him cornered effectively, and they're going to kill him. When who should make the save... But Seth Rollins is good buddies. Give it to me. The Viking Raiders, who are the number one contenders now. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kevin Owens, so that once he's made the save, later on in the night, he could bump into Sami Zayn and say, why are oh, you no, being no, such no, a jackass? No. That's a raw storyline, mate. <laughs> yeah, fine. Seth Rollins and the fucking Viking Raiders versus the Bloodline. Like, I'd fine. Like it, okay. Like, I will give you this. If you said to me, like, early on in the show that happens, and he makes a save, and they go, right, main event, Rollins and the Ro- Viking Raiders versus Roman and the Usos, although we don't know that Roman's mm. not going to actually tag in. He's just going to sit at ringside, probably. But the hook is not the match, obviously. It's what will Seth Rollins dress the Viking Raiders as? I'll tell you what, you've got at least one viewer who's hooked. I mean, and let me tell you why. Because not only would that be a graphic that they would put up on the screen, sponsored by Progressive Insurance, it would be one of them segments where the Viking Raiders are in two wardrobes and Seth is sat on a sofa and we get that 80s film <laughs> montage where they come out first in Viking gear and he says, hmm, and then they come back out in like the stuff that they got. Uh, one of them got married in when he married Sarah Logan and Seth's like, <laughs> and then they come out in li- literally Seth suits that like they're bursting out of, there's buttons and there's bits of flesh and skin everywhere and Seth Rollins is like, you are right. That's a big one and they go out dressed like that. Yeah, fine. This is... I don't like to get bogged down. I, I might not have sounded like that last week when we whinged on about people giving us grief on Twitter, but I really don't like to get bogged down in the... I don't even know if they're bad faith artists so much as they are bad taste artists and they've just got crap taste in wrestling. But the people that, like, would... Say that, say they promoted that graphic at the start of the show and it's like, tonight's main event, Seth Rollins and the Viking Raiders versus the Bloodline. Somebody, definitely, without fail, would, like, tweet that graphic and say, like, a dream six-man heart eyes emoji. It's not. It's a dream about a six-man... And what I mean is, you can't pick your dreams, so you're just asleep, and you happen to think of six men, and it's these six. Nobody ever has asked for this, but out of sheer convenience that this marriage might offer, yes, Wilborn, uh, I could see that as our impromptu main event. The Viking Raiders is number one contenders. I like. Fine. The yeah. Viking Raiders versus the Usos, I really like, if I'm honest. I think they can have an absolute banger. 
But the Viking Raiders got beaten by Mike Moss and King Corbin about... What's his name? That's not his name anymore. Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin, yeah. Got beaten by them in like four minutes the other week. The, H, just, the H stands for happy. I, I, I... Yeah, the Viking Raiders um, have yet to... This is, this is the indictment of SmackDown of the week. There's always one. The Viking Raiders have yet to establish the level of momentum they reached when they were getting attacked by a bin monster. Yes! That's where we're at with the Viking Raiders push on SmackDown. Jesus. Yeah, like, I, I, <laughs> like Dennis, I don't want to go off on a rant here, but like SmackDown is no good. And there was a point last year where there was a debate to be had about the quality of SmackDown. There was a point where there was like, Roman Reigns remains this character that like everybody, sometimes myself included, have a lot of interest in. Sometimes a Roman Reigns segment goes incredibly well. And like all of SmackDown feels elevated as a result. That happened a lot last year. It was also two hours. It was also the home of the likes of that ginormous edge pop. It was once the home of the hottest long-term story in WWE, Dominic and Rey Mysterio. (laughs) Like they lost that to the draft. Like, foolish move from WWE. So there was once debates to be had about the quality of the show. It was like people that didn't like it versus people that did. Very rooted in subjectivity, and, and that's okay. Too. Mm-hmm. We're not there now. This is objectively crap. Like, SmackDown, we say it all the time, SmackDown is worse than Raw. Like, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> SmackDown's worse than Raw. It's an hour less than Raw. It's a harder watch unless you, as I know you do on a Saturday. Oh, yeah can skip every entrance, can skip every video package, and can watch Roman Reigns' entrance on at least two times speed when he's taking his time. <laughs> like, beyond that, it is a time sink. We're going to talk about the one thing I know for a fact the two of us genuinely like, because one wrestler, as we always say in WWE, for the most part, just looks like he has good days at work, right? That's all you can hope for from the wrestlers you enjoy. And this guy, fresh off a new contract, fresh on putting some more money in the bank for his young family that he's got, um, is going to go to work and have, have some fun with it. Make lemonade out of the lemons. Yeah. But it's not enough. It's not enough for a two-hour billion-dollar wrestling show. The standards are pathetically low. Pathetically low. The dynamite that we rinsed and were rinsed for two weeks ago, million miles better than SmackDown. Uh, like, by orders of magnitude. And that is both a preview of this week's show and foreshadowing what we're going to say in the review of it on Monday. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel good about this. I'm in a blue hoodie right now. I'm repping the brand for those that can't see. And yet, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I rarely say this because sometimes you invite the worst upon your doorstep. Tweet me, right? It doesn't even have to be in the podcast replies when we link this on Twitter. At Michael Hamflit, convince me that SmackDown is not trash on fire. <laughs> like, I'm, I welcome this conversation. I like Twitter for the conversation when it's a conversation. So let's have one about what it is that I'm missing about a SmackDown that apparently still deserves your attention, your credit, and your time. Well, there you have it. The gauntlet has been laid down. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Let's talk about the one thing they have actually advertised and booked for this show. That is a championship contenders match again uh, between Charlotte Flair and Naomi. Seen it. Um, And we all kind of know where this is heading because Charlotte Flair is entering the Rumble with the title and picking her opponent and maybe even potentially facing Lita, let's hope, at WrestleMania or something like that. So the question is not what happens in this match, but how will Sonya Deville screw Naomi? Because that's what's going to happen but as long as she's wearing that jacket, Naomi can't touch her. Remind me, um, a bit like a potato, because wrestlers can't really have carbs, can they? Uh, <laughs> remind me, was Naomi in the list of entrants that Charlotte revealed to the Royal Rumble? Ooh. I apologise, I forgot to check. The, the reason I asked that is because um, if Naomi was to lose to Charlotte in this... She is because Sonya Deville threatened to kick her out. Yes, right, okay. So she's in this contenders match um, against Charlotte Flair. And she can lose and theoretically be like, well, that's not ideal, but I'll go and win the Royal Rumble and I'll get my title shot at WrestleMania, thanks very much, and there's nothing you can do about that, Sonya Deville. If and when that happens, I expect Sonya Deville to be like, whoa, tough tits, I've replaced you in the Royal Rumble, and here's your replacement. Here's some good booking coming, you ready for this? Okay. And here's your replacement, the music hits, it's Cameron, right? (gasps) Oh! Spicy, yeah? Yeah. Like... I like uh, look, Naomi. I used to be a, like Sonya Deville gives it the big beans. I used to be a big fan of yours. <laughs> you know, weren't we all huge fan cadactyls? <laughs> Somebody call my mama. And then you know, like Cameron comes out, and Naomi has not only lost the contender spot to Charlotte Flair. Sonya Deville said you didn't realize that there was more on the line than this. Sorry about your damn spot. And then you've actually got something to do in the what two episodes left before the Rumble? One, one, one more. Great. Like go home angle. Naomi has to fight her way back into the Rumble. She wins one of them mini battle royals. She um, pins Natalia because everybody's at it. I don't know. <laughs> but like, the, like that becomes an angle. Like Naomi has got to get back in the Rumble. They do a nice mini angle with Cameron on the show itself. Something like that. Be creative. You know, like we're recording this UK time, 10 in the morning. It's early hours in America. WWE has the resources and the time to listen to this podcast yep. and pay to fly Cameron in for this angle that we've just talked into existence. So I'm using my own bit of force of Willborn here to try and make SmackDown a bit more entertaining. Get on the phone, get her in. And the best thing about a rumble is 
for Cameron is that it's throwing people over the top rope so she doesn't need to forget how to pin wrestlers. <laughs> it's like, I think it's foolproof. I would also like on this, I love that booking, by the way. We're not going to get better than that. But I also would like Postman Pierce this week to be like, because I know last week she said, the reason why I don't like Naomi is I've got a damn attitude. And I was like, sorry, what attitude? But also, I'd like Postman Pierce as one half of the power structure there to be like, sorry, there's quite a lot of people with pretty bad attitudes back <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> I feel like you're really focusing on Naomi here. It's again, we talk about, um, like, I, I don't mind if WWE insist on not comparing themselves to AEW. You know, like, it's because every... And I, I wouldn't if I was them either, because every comparison is unflattering. <laughs> but that sort of stuff is when they when they should most be compared to AEW. That's when the spotlight should shine the brightest in their eyes, like a hard-boiled police, te- like, procedural. Because ultimately, saying, I don't like this wrestler because they've got a bad attitude, is the closest that WWE comes to the sporting emulation that AEW works hard to preserve an authority figure... Is having it, like football. We always use football as an analogy. We're supporters of like clubs that tend to toil and well, players. Speak for yourself. <laughs> players with bad attitudes are typically problematic to the manager or to the coaching staff, and that mm-hmm. becomes well. What do you do with their skill versus their attitude? That's a genuine problem within sport and in a program such as AEW, where there's a sport in emulation. I don't really want to say authority figure storylines, but that would be a logical one. Yeah. AEW is this place where we care about wins and losses and fighting fair and all that sort of stuff, and your attitude is proven problematic. In WWE, that framework hasn't existed for well over 20 years. <laughs> so as you point out, Postman Pierce can say, well, so-and-so's got a really bad attitude. Sometimes, authority ha- figures encourage bad attitudes. <laughs> Happy authority- Corbin tried to kill someone the other week. Yeah, he tries to kill someone every year. He threw two people off a building in 2020. <laughs> like, the authority figures typically favour heels. What's the trait of a heel? A bad attitude. <laughs> like, they've abandoned that logic for so long that Sonya Deville saying that is actually more illogical than if she just said, what's your problem with Naomi? Well, she relates to fans, and I don't think I like these people. <laughs> like that, that would make more sense than what she said. And yet Postman Pierce just says, oh, yeah, fair enough. Um, speaking of bad attitudes, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it's bollocks, man. Yeah, um, and speaking of football, uh, quick story to tell you. I'm lucky <laughs> to be here for this podcast, to be perfectly honest right. today. Okay. Uh, because the painter who was around at our house yesterday mm-hmm. uh, saw a scarf I've got in the back of my car uh, after I went to watch my beloved Chesterfield. Do not tell me you put money in the Mansfield fan's pocket. No, thankfully oh. not. I went to watch my beloved Chesterfield okay. against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Never heard of him. And I'm not I'm not a huge fan of half-and-half scarves, but this is the 25 years since we'd played at a Premier League ground. Yep. I thought, ah, let's commemorate it with a nice Chesterfield versus Chelsea scarf. Uh, one for, one for the, the occasion. Yeah. Yep. And in the back of my car, and the painter said, oh, I saw that scarf in the back of your car. And he obviously hadn't looked at it and just seen sort of blue and light blue and mm. went, Man City fan, are you? Almost punched him. Oh, my God. Almost punched yeah. him on the spot. Aguero! <laughs> Deck him. Yeah. Um, uh, Charlotte Flair wins this, obviously. And do you know what I like? Let's just have Lita Decker again. I like that storyline. Keep that one going. That was good last week. It was good, you know. And what I think was particularly good about that is... Obviously, WWE always protect the legends, so Lita was likely to be in good hands and likely to be well used. But it's not a guarantee, and it's not a safe bet. And I love Lita's star power. I love it a lot. Like, she glows like few women from her era, her and Trish and and not many others, um, from obviously a period where, you know, the women just, despite what the Ruth's discretion documentary tells you, weren't always that looked after. (laughs) I know. Can you believe it? Um, So, yeah, like, Lita has a, a definite glow and a definite star power, and they did preserve that last week. And what's great, and I don't mean to be critical, because why should she still 
have it. Wrestling's not a thing anymore. But you remember the 2018 Royal Rumble. She attempted the moonsault. It was white knuckle. It worked out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she's been retired. Yonks, it's okay. Like, it's absolutely fine to, to not be at the level that you once were. And Lita isn't. They obscured it. They just talked about how she's a legitimate threat to Charlotte because you never lose it. Experience counts mm -hmm. for a lot. All that sort of stuff. That's what you do with legendary figures that can still physically go. That's all you need to do. I'd like to see more of that. Um, I did wonder there just for a second if we've overthought this and Naomi actually wins and she's lined up two title shots and Sonya Deville's got to work overtime to t try and take them both off for next week. But I don't think WWE think about things like that. The last thing they want to make is winners. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that'd be giving us a nice thing. And yeah. that's really not the purview uh, for... Everyone's a loser. Of Everybody's WWE. a loser. Uh, right. Fantastic news uh, for Sami Zayn coming out recently. He has re-signed with WWE. Really hate the fact that that word also spells resigned. Yeah. Because it confuses me every time someone <laughs> tweets about this sort of thing. But yes. Because you're going, yes, he's resigned. <laughs> uh, he's, oh. <laughs> Look, I think uh, I don't know why people are kicking off so much about this. Whatever he's happiest to do, his mates stick around in WWE. It makes sense for him to stay. He's probably got a massive payday. Fingers crossed off the back of it. I and he's released without he, notice. After he seems happy within WWE, um, and he presumably has got this ongoing Johnny Knoxville feud to look forward to. My campaign now he's re-signed with WWE for him to win Money in the Bank again. Starts. I will. I will do it every year until he gets it. Don't mind it, mate. Don't mind it. But. I sense another stunt show for Sami Zayn tonight. Last week didn't exactly go to plan. No, it, I I kind of loved and hated the stuff last week because it's... What was the segment on Raw that like, I didn't want to like and it kind of forced me into it? It was the graduation thing with RK Bro yeah. and Alpha Academy. Gable's delivery was fantastic. Orton in the cap and gown was like... They knew that would be like easy physical comedy, all that sort of stuff. And... So that's my that's my sports entertainment palette cleansed, and that's ended up happening through the force of Sami Zayn's work last week. The um, the outfit plus the goobers that he had to push the trolley really got it over the line for me. And then what was genuinely quite sweet was that they orchestrated a way that Sami Zayn could take an enormous bump completely safely because he was bumping onto crash pads. It was ultimately yeah, he got launched from the ring into what was effectively like more soft play than they yeah. had in NXT 2.0. <laughs> like, so I, I kind of welcome stuff like that. What about in tribute to one of the great Jackass sketches and the slide from one of our favorite Netflix documentaries? He's pushed in a trolley and they try and get him through a loop. <laughs> <laughs> and they use like Thunderdome magic to show, look, I did it earlier. I, I had to pre-tape it for health and safety. And then somehow they've digitally manipulated it so he's gone Whoa. around this loop-to-loop -loop in a trolley. And then Boogs and Nakamura rock up and they're like, do it again. And then he has to do it live and he just gets three quarters of the way up and then stacks it. Boom. Boom, head and neck first. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, my idea was simply uh, Boogs and Nakamura tricking him to, into going to a porta potty that explodes. Great, yep. I mean, that's right in Vincent Man's wheelhouse, isn't it? It's right in Vincent Man's wheelhouse. I'm fairly certain it's literally on the trailer for the new Jackass film, which it's, is what all this is all about. It was literally on the face of Kevin Owens when Braun Strowman locked him in one. <laughs> like, it's, it's been done. Don't in, forget, you two, you're here forever. Do you remember? Like, they've got a weird thing now, haven't they, where, like, they're not... <laughs> for as big as they are on Boo, they're not actually big on Boo. It's got to be brown goo. Or, mm. in Kevin Owens' case, it was the blue cleaning fluid yeah. out the toilet. It was like, he couldn't come out with shit on his face. It was, like, <laughs> sort of... Now, Toilet Duck is fine. Like, the PG, like, sponsors are okay with that. 
But God forbid you drop like three plateful of shit on someone's face. Plus, uh, we're going to go and see a, a little family outing, myself and the daddy, but we're going to yes. go and see the new Jackass film together. And I, have to say, <laughs> I love that, by the way. I took, like, it was my son's birthday last week, and we took him. He wanted to go to um, two films at two separate cinemas. He really, likes, he really likes going to cinemas. So one of the films was Clifford the Big Red Dog. The other film was Disney's Encanto. I can heartily recommend the second. I can sort of recommend the first if you like giant red dogs and the word bollocks in a kid's film. <laughs> Like, that was me and my wife taking my two sons. I'm very excited for me and my work fellow work dad to take our fellow work son to see Jack as if, dad, like... can I have a fruit shoot? <laughs> yeah, we're going to buy you your popcorn. We're going to get you your fruit shoot. Like, you've, you've gone above the PG age, and it's like, well, me and Cedric in the office, do you think he's old enough? Do you think he's emotionally mature enough to, to do this one? He's like... Let's do it. And then after the first few weeks, as long as he hasn't copied it, we know we can take him to other ones. It's like well, just one of them big parent moments between the two of us. But Should we do a review? Should we see if we can sneak yeah, a jackass through? Yeah, We'll just name it somewhere. No, no one will notice. <laughs> just on the feed. Like we do it one week. It's like the raw review. And it's like an hour long. And it's just us talking about our best bits from jackass. Zero people complain. <laughs> no one the, snitch. The only no complaints snitch. we get is like, guys, there was no five-star review review. There's there was nothing boring enough to skip. That should be the five-star review review. It's just us. <laughs> skip the whole raw. Spoiler, jackass was five stars. <laughs> right. And the reason why I say this is, I just want them to do. I don't know why, because there's so many really creative and, and really uh, like harsh and memorable things. The high five, the spring loaded hands. Oh yes, it's my favorite thing. Just do it again. I know they've already done it on WWE. Do it again. Wilborn, um, mine's just blown. Go on. What do people love more than their own family? Even more than what cuts wrestling podcast? Uh, more than meatloaf today? What do they love more than abs- RIP? More than absolutely anything <laughs> in the fucking world? And what should be at the Royal Rumble? Sami Zayn walking down a corridor. Do because you're always walking in WWE. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually hear the klaxon, but rather than at Gorilla, Sami Zayn is like, oh, I'm late, I'm late. He's run down the corridor. They do the high five trick with the SmackDown fist. <laughs> yes. Oof, just smashes him in the face, and Johnny Knoxville just like, hey, see you, in the, see you out there, Sammy. <laughs> Love it. Uh, right, finally to bring the mood down. What's next for record breaker Aaliyah? <laughs> she broke record last week, and I couldn't have cared less. I'm afraid I got some bad news for you. Is it time for a game? Uh, yeah, I was going to say um, Natalia attacks her, puts her in the sharpshooter, and we're all supposed to care. And Natalia's going to be the fastest ever female elimination from the Rumble, isn't she? Yes, That's what very getting. good. I like that. So like instead, that. should we book who she faces tonight, Aaliyah, before the attack from Natalia? She beat Natalia, was it in 3.17 seconds if off the top 3. of my head? 3.17 seconds. How? Well, let's see who she's going to face, and then we'll work out how they do it somehow quicker. Okay. So you've got to do it, basically. To beat 3.17 seconds, you've pretty much got to pin them as the bell's ringing yes so it goes ding 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 one or two, a three. fast count oh fast counts maybe all right well we'll see you the face and we'll, we'll we'll arrive at okay. this together uh, okay um, this will be a test of our improvisation don't forget well, uh, aw means uh the intergender wrestling is now allowed so of course go. yeah thank you tell me when to stop and give me a number between one and four i mean i'm just sorry i'm thinking about jeff jarrett rapping that guitar and ali <laughs> catches head and jcw um one oh so stop one Cool. So tonight it's Aaliyah versus Michael Cole, is it? <laughs> right. Michael Cole in three seconds. <gasps> I've got it. Go on. I've got it. Simple. Really, really simple. Right? Uh, Michael Cole, in-ring interview Yeah. with Aaliyah, saying, uh, we don't normally get to do this, Aaliyah, but tonight's a special night. You're a record breaker. You've beaten Natalia 3.17 seconds. And then, before they can properly conduct the interview, 
in come the 24-7 goons. Led, of course, by Dana Brooke. Yep. Everybody chasing. Reggie. They don't really do 24-7 stuff on SmackDown, do they? They don't. Yeah. But they've got to get to the fantasy booking of Michael Cole versus Aaliyah, so let me have this one. I'll absolutely allow it. In she runs, and there's obviously referees there. They're all crowding around, all that sort of stuff. And the bell hasn't even rung until Aaliyah spots an opportunity and, like... Oh, hang on, I need to put the belt on Michael Cole first, don't I? Michael Cole spots an opportunity. <laughs> As he does. Pins Dana Brooke just because. Charles Vintage Cole. And then he was like, right, let's get on with this interview. Oh, he's rolled up. One, two, three. Bang, out of there. Aaliyah escapes. Sick on the belt. Uh, 3.07 seconds, and we have to book an even faster one next Friday. God. Well, hopefully we can just distract ourselves with the uh, Royal Rumble go-home show and then Royal Rumble fallout the week after that. We can forget all this bollocks. Uh, but let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch that. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Tell me why SmackDown is still worth it. At Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE and make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Got the AW Rampage preview coming later on today and WrestleCulture with a hashtag bloody good quiz. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.